When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Series 6 of the Sports for Dummies podcast. Each week, I'm joined by my sporting guru and good friend, Lewis Pierce, who breaks down the three biggest stories in the world of sport. Whether you know everything about sport or absolutely nothing, this is the podcast for you. Lewis... First, that is the best intro I've actually ever done. Like, it was as if you were reading it off a script. <laughs> that was so smooth. Hey, welcome to the Sports Enemies podcast. The pocket. That was absolutely dead on. Smashed it. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's like I've been presented for six years of my life. Um, how are you? How's your week been? It's been good, thanks. It's been nice. I mean, we sat through the boredom of Liverpool last night, which was a complete waste of time. But that, anyway, a different conversation. It's been good. It's, it's weird because I'm in like this sort of... I would refer to it as a bit like a limbo now of uni where I've kind of, I've got work to do, but not a lot's going on in life because obviously all my life is around uni, but I've only got a month to go. So it's like this weird sort of transition of like finishing uni, but still anyway, but I'm nearly there, which is good news. So, so the clock is finally like really at the, at the very end, like it's like 11.59, got that last minute and boom, we've got the new year. So yeah. How have you been? Did I meet you in your first or second year of uni? first you met me my first year of uni wow. I was I was my it was my second term first year of uni and now I'm in my final year which is just as absolutely bonkers it is it's crazy you're like an actual man now I know I've grown it all from that little well not really I haven't really changed at all but I'm a real I mean, boy. <laughs> yeah I'm a real boy but no and my nose starts to grow as well but no I feel like I've got we I've grown up a bit and I've obviously we change over time with two years like you think I think about my life two years ago where I was and now where I am it's like it's it's mad hope how sure we've been well I'm not in limbo as much as you. I've got some exciting things on the horizon. Um, some tricky decisions have had to be made this past month. And now that I've finalised those decisions and I've listened to my gut, because when you have a decision to make, you, whether it's your heart or your gut, you kind of always know the answer, but you let yourself procrastinate and you yourself be swayed by different people's opinions and by your own confusion. Anyway, so now that I've made decisions and things are in place, there's some really exciting things on the horizon. And not not gonna lie to you, I'm smashing the gym. Are you? You get you get into the gym, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper loving it. So I've got a notebook now, Lewis. Okay. And I've labelled in my gym different kind of rows in the gym of equipment are different numbers. So there's six different workouts now. Okay. Right? 
I'd done them all, four reps of 12 at a baseline, like not pushing myself too much as a starting point. Yeah. Now I've got the starting points for all six workouts. Every time I go, I'm like, right, what workout is it today? It's number three. What did I do last time? Let's smash it. Do more. Oh, and then okay, I'm I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Because otherwise I was going and I was like, join it. But like, what's the point? And mm. I can't remember what I'm doing. And also like, what did I do last time? I was done. You need so a now, goal. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm competing okay. with myself. Love it. And I'm going to get hench. You're going to get wham. What, what's what's <laughs> the end goal? What's the, what's the plan? There's no plan. I just want to be healthy. Just fun. Okay. That's good though. I like that. And also build up my glutes, the biggest they could possibly be. <laughs> okay. So that is, that is the goal. Number one goal, glute. What, what, oh, I've got to think. Glutus maximus. You know, we've got to think of something from another G. Um, giant, no, not giant glutes is a bit boring. Giant, gorgeous, glutey grapes. <laughs> right. We'll or something. I just, I, I love a big bum on myself and I feel like it fell off for a few months and now it's, it's coming back, Lewis. It's making it's making its comeback. <laughs> but oh, yeah, so we've got three stories this week. Um, yeah, moving away from the arse. <laughs> stories. <laughs> well, exactly. Move away from the behind to the in front. And hey! actually, uh, there you go. So yeah, we're talking about three interesting stories this week. I've kind of tied two together in a similar way, but not like last week. Last week, if you haven't listened to our first episode of Series Six, which is pretty mental to say, to say Series Six, please go and listen to it. And we're going to start hope with some. Quite strange news, actually, news that I hadn't heard um, before today and kind of popped up and I was thinking, wow, have you, have you heard anything about the Grand National and potential security threats? Oh, no, I haven't. Now, the Grand National is the horse race. It is the horse race. That's right. Biggest. Um, the biggest one. Maybe yet. And my once my sister was pregnant, <laughs> one of the times that she was pregnant, and it was her baby shower. And... We had a man here because the drain was blocked up and he was trying to unclog the drain. So it stunk like poo everywhere. Um, <laughs> then we had a flood happening from the lights in the kitchen. Right. Um, but the Grand National was on and we all placed bets, uh, done a sweepstake, whatever it's called, uh, for the Grand National on her baby shower. So that's what I always Why think of now. Why is it called a baby shower? But don't you think that is just such a strange... T- like, I, I was- well, it's, it's all American, isn't it? Yeah, baby shower, though. I mean, well, I don't know what you'd call it. It's not it's obviously a celebration and a baby shower kind of works, but it's like... Well, in America, they have like bridal shower. It's just like, I think the term shower is used in conjunction um, to actually like a celebration where you're showering gifts on a special occasion. I hope going to be doing the voice of Wikipedia soon. <laughs> <laughs> in conjunction with celebration of the sort of... Uh, right. As last week, we mentioned the hydrogen. Oh, my, the, oh yeah, the calcins, whatever. Um, right, yeah, so we're talking about the Grand National. Uh, so... Normally, Hope, Grand National, like you were saying, very exciting. People always get excited for it. There's lots of, you know, I would say in the horse racing world, which is fairly niche, lots of people know about the Grand National. Everyone kind of knows what it is and the events, the betting, all that stuff. But I think this year, more than ever, it actually might step up slightly because apparently security is set to be stepped up this year for the Grand National um, after 100 eco-activists and effectively... They've defined the term as militant vegans, so I'm basically going to call it passionate vegan vegans, effectively, have said they might be potentially planning to sabotage the event. Now, the, the supposed plan is that they're going to use ladders and bolt cutters to storm through security fences, and the aim at the end of the day is to glue themselves to the cause. That's what has been rumoured. An undercover reporter was actually with this animal rebellion campaign group, 
Um, and a woman was heard saying, this whole campaign is going to be at the Grand National, the biggest horse race in the world. We have 600 million people viewing this horse race worldwide. We've got 300 million of bets wow. on the horse race and we're just going to ruin it. Now, Hope, I don't know how much you know about the Grand National and the controversy around it. Since 2000, 55 horses have died as a result of being involved in horse racing at the Grand National. So, Obviously, they're basically turning around and saying that kind of, you know, one of the root causes effectively of animal cruelty is effectively horse racing um, and specifically for animals. You know, I know it's an event where really lots of animals are involved. That's the thing. If you think about events, really, I mean, dog racing doesn't really exist anymore. But in terms of animals being involved in sports, horse racing would be the number one. Aside in my head, maybe like, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, but like, you know, the American events where they get the you get right, like bull riding effectively. But then again, I, I don't know how... A rodeo. Ro- like, like a ro- exactly like a rodeo i would the point is horse racing is the biggest i would argue the biggest animal involved sport in the world and um, and basically the the point they're trying to raise is that they basically want to stop horse racing entirely and so one of the ways is doing this so as i said the plan was to glue themselves on the track and um, now i don't know I, again I want your opinion in a sec, Hope, but I'm going to give you all the stats and you can tell me what you think. So the police have basically come out and said they are working with various horse racing groups to prevent any, you know, sort of incidences or any sight potentially of people trying to break in. Now, they've effect- they've come out and said that public order or criminal offences will not be tolerated and will be deal- dealt with robustly. So effectively, if you are causing issues, you can get arrested. It is going to happen. Um, so, Hope, what are your thoughts? Well, I don't think we should be endangering animals in any which way. There's a lot of money in horse riding. Um, So obviously where there's money, there's greed, and sometimes things can be, values and morals can be set aside sometimes when actually they should be at the forefront. Um, You could argue that it's good for horses to race because it's good for their fitness. Um. But there needs to be more put in place to ensure they're they're safe and well looked after. Um, It's a difficult one. I do think that the vegans um, that you're speaking about here, the fact that they've actually said what they're planning to do. I know you said about the the kind of mole being there. But that kind of makes me think, were they actually serious or were they just saying it? And even just saying it is leading people to have these conversations, which could be enough effectively to to share that awareness whether or not they'll actually go and glue themselves is another matter that we'll just have to see do you think there's a more effective thing that they could do well i think protesting I, I, for me personally i don't think ever that gluing yourself to anything solves any problem ever you know it's like those it's like those two girls and again i'm I, i'm not going to judge anyone ever that's not what i'm here to do but like when those two girls through the um they threw the can of it was tomato soup, wasn't it, on the sunflower painting on Van Gogh's, and actually, you know that that was actually protected glass. They didn't damage the painting, so in essence, like it obviously that would have caused uproar and complete controversy if they'd done that, and it actually ruined something, but it hadn't. But ruining a, a whole event, like actually going out the way to ruin someone's day that people have paid money for, and you know, it, it's it, you've got to think as well that. I think the animal cruelty does come into it absolutely, and there's there's no there's no two ways about that. The, the, but the the fact is, and it's double edged sword. And there's lots of arguments, so I'll, I'll stop like ducking and diving and make the point. Yeah, stop sitting on the fence. <laughs> no, no, I'm not sitting on the fence. But, but because lots of thoughts go into my head. The thing is, for me personally, um, 
Those horses are treated with the utmost respect and loyalty. If you look at how horse riders and racers speak about their horses and the people that take care of them, they adore the animals. They absolutely adore them. They mean everything to them. And at the end of the day, they are valuable assets. They're not just things they're using for fun. They are commercial... Um, I don't know what the word would be, but they are they're, they're commercial property effectively that they're using. So, they're not a commodity. No, exactly. It's, it's they're not a play toy. It's I feel not like using, I've swallowed know. a book since our last episode. <laughs> so you, you've done well. Like, <laughs> you're, you're like intelligent word. <laughs> yeah. I, I, by the way, we didn't add, but I literally since the last episode has read the entire dictionary back to front in multiple languages, so she's <laughs> learned multiple words. Um, yeah. So my my thought really is that the answer would be protesting it, be coming out and, and making complaints. I don't. I think the fact is there is no bolder move that you can make apart from something like this if you glue yourself to a track then no one can argue because obviously you've then gone out you've done something which is an absolute extreme but i don't believe it's the i don't believe it's the right way of protesting ever i don't think it solves any any problems really um but we'll have to wait and see a lot of the time though people protest whether that's just in a in a calm kind of marching manner or whether it's more extreme like gluing yourself to a road or a track in this case people do that because they've tried other avenues first and they're not being heard mm. so i completely understand why people want to protest and also okay the fans have paid a lot of money and you mentioned ruining people's days and all that stuff and the event happening and ruin it but if these people are protesting because of the animals and they're only thinking about the animals and the animals being safe then i don't think that's a bad moral compass for them to have because not being funny screw everyone who paid money <laughs> screw everyone's day if an animal is going to be hurt and killed effectively if it's not cared for in the correct manner then i don't think they're wrong oh no i don't and i'm not i'm not disagreeing with that at all i don't and i think that as an example with um with cheltenham that just went there was a horse that died on the track it jumped and unfortunately it fell in a way and they, ba they basically couldn't recover it after the race and my the point that i make is that of course it's terrible and not for one minute am i defending any form because i think animals should be treated outrightly with love and respect and they shouldn't be they shouldn't be put through any form of torture or, or miss you know they shouldn't be mistreated anyway or distress but the truth is, you never we're like as a person that is not involved in horse racing, a bit like football, any sport, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You don't know what's happening. But from what you can see personally, when you listen to the jockeys, when you listen to the, the trainers, and they absolutely adore the horses, like I said. And so I think that that's where I stand in terms of that. But I don't I also think that there should be protocols that are in place that mean that if a horse dies, something should, you know, it's terrible that a horse can die and nothing happens and that the, the media, you know, speaks about it, brushes over it and it's onto the next race. Like that shouldn't, that shouldn't happen. Um, but unfortunately it is the way it is. And that's, that's really difficult. But coming back to the point, I think you're, I think you're right. I think you make a good point about when you're not heard, you have to protest in a way that is unexpected. But I also, I also don't think that like going against the police and stuff and effectively because I was going to say, there is actually an event that we were going to talk about that was called The Race That Never Was, because in 1993, 15 animal rights protest protesters actually reached uh, the first fence and delayed the start by eight minutes of the horse. Uh, of, I believe it was actually the, uh, the Grand National. And after two false starts for various reasons, the race was effectively declared void. Um, so, I mean, in, in, you know, in that sense, it has happened before. So we'll have to just wait and see. You mentioned there about how people like trainers and people involved in horse racing will talk in the media and how much they love and respect their horses. One thing I would say about that is because is that people can say anything when they've got a camera shoved in their face. But also, as someone who has been to like the National Stud and have met 
a whole array of people who work in different areas within the equestrian industry. <laughs> including equestrian industry. Including a vet who has worked on races. Um, I do think you're right there. I do think that a lot of the time the horses... Um, safety and health is at the forefront of everyone's minds um it's just a shame the horses can't give their consent that would be the solution wouldn't it do you want to do this race say say nay or nay um that would be the best solution and my my thought on it hope really the way that and this is my perspective in the way that i see it is that the racing for me isn't it's not so much the for me personally if i had to say something when i watch horse racing I am more bothered about the after event, you know, parading the winning horse around when it's clearly distressed and not enjoying it, making them yeah. walk really slowly. And it takes like 10 minutes for them to walk all the way around the, the silly little podium. And then they walk around in a circle five times and everyone claps. And then sometimes they go backwards and forwards. It, like that is just ridiculous. You know, there, there's, there's no need for stuff like that. But I think horse racing itself is, is a conversation you can have in terms of the um, the ethical aspects and all those bits and bobs. But the flip side that I would argue, and, I, and I, again, I would stand by, is the whole parading a horse. It's it's not even like they're just casually walking down the track. It's that they are they are walked in a specific way, slowly. They are stopped for photos, like they're animals, you know. And lots of animals don't want to do what you want them to do. Into you know, they're not they're not like humans. They can't speak. And so you're right. I think there is that sort of thing where that side of me, I feel, I feel personally, I my stomach inside feels weirder watching that than actually the horses jumping like through or galloping i mean we could have a discussion a whole episode about animals in sport and whether it's right or wrong because i mean like cockfighting or bear bear fighting has, has always been a thing or even in spain when they have the bulls with the red thing and the matadors that's yeah. it um even going back to the roman times with lions being in the den with, with a with a with a guy mm. like so yeah, I mean, you're always going to get people who are, who have good intentions and you're always going to get people who are uh, abusive and don't have any regard. It's, we have not got the answers, Lewis. No, we don't. I hope we're only, we're, you know, <laughs> we we're, we're only here. We just hearts. Exactly. We're only posing questions to the listeners. Let us know what you think about um, horse racing. And equally, yeah, please do you do. think, do you know, do you think equally this is going to go ahead? Are the Grand National going to step up their security? Because it's not far away now, the Grand National. But the other big news, Hope, is that, of course, Ascot is happening very soon after the King's coronation. So that's the first big event um, that they might be targeting as well. But you're right. I think the, the overall point might be, like you said, come back to it. We might have had this whole conversation and they don't do anything. You know, we, we might have had this whole debate about horse racing and the ethics and actually nothing might happen. We'll just have to wait and see. But then I think that's good. That we're yeah. having this discussion. But yeah, like Lewis said, let us know what you think. You can either comment below if you're on YouTube watching this or you can email us, sportsdummiespodcast at gmail.com. We'd be interested to know kind of what side of the fence you are on? When is the Grand exactly. National, by the way? When is the Grand National? I want to put it in my believe diary. believe it's the 15th. Oh, I think, believe it's 10 days. I think, believe it's the 15th of April. Well, yes, it's the 15th of April. I was right. Of April. Come on. Okay. Bosh, yes, horse racing money. Yeah. Right, moving on. <laughs> to story number two. <laughs> to story number two. We're talking, um, actually, I think quite a fun story because... Have we ever discussed footy scran on here? I don't think we have. What is that? It sounds like a type of food. Right. For those who don't know, before we jump into the next story, we're going to quickly give a precursor. 
Footy Scran has effectively blown up on Twitter. And it's this it's this Twitter page that does polls. And so people that go all around, it was actually all around the England first, and then it became international. Any football ground that you go to that does food, you can vote Scran or no Scran. So I'm sure we can insert a photo here. They'll have like a photo of a, of a great hot dog, and it would say Scran or no Scran, and people would vote, would they buy it or would they leave it? And obviously price is a factor, quality is a factor. So you see some of these things, and you're paying like £8 for, you know, a, 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 like a cold burger and a slab of like literally like you know a bit of plastic cheese and some you pay like 30p say in an, an international country and you're eating the most amazing food ever very interesting so so what is what talk- does scram mean scram means eat ah, so, I was so right. people yeah, yeah, yeah. So people will say stuff like people will say, "Oh, I can't wait to scran that." Traditionally, the word "scran" actually means food, but it's kind of become a it's like a multi-purpose word. Like it's got different meanings. As in, you can say, "Oh, that's a lovely bit of scran," as in that's a lovely bit of food. Like or, a lovely bit of squirrel. I'm going to lovely squirrel, Jackie. Or I'm going <laughs> to scran. I'm going to scran that over there. Now, food and drink prices actually have become quite a big talking point in Augusta. So, for those who don't know, the Masters is coming up very, very soon. Um, in the next couple of days at the time of recording, and Interestingly, like we were talking about Hope, I know we've discussed this before, less about footy scran, more about cost, that when you go to sporting events, more often than not, the prices are absolutely astronomical. Hence the footy scran comment, because again, that kind of plays a factor. So this is the sort of thing where international, I would call it sports scran, this is this is big time, because at the Masters, a chicken sandwich costs $3 and beer only costs 5 Now, if you compare that to when I went to watch the New York Red oh, Bulls yeah. or the New York Yankees, that was 50. 50- he always moans about this. No, I'm Mentioned it about every yeah. episode. He's mentioned it since he went. Oh, what well, you know, whatever. Look, the point is, every, I, the fact that I didn't, I didn't buy any beer and I didn't buy any food, really. because You made it, though, didn't he? Yeah, my mate, and he bought, he spent $150 on beer, and it was ridiculous. The point was, anyway, the reason why I'm arguing, it's like, every time I bring up New York, it's, oh, I remember New York and that stupid prices. And now... The Georgia peach, this is quite a funny thing we're going to insert. This is quite cool. They've got an ice cream sandwich, which is called the Georgia peach ice cream sandwich. That's $2.50. Um, and actually, a That's cheese right. sandwich isn't... No, it's good. It's $1.50. Hope, if you compare this, right, to other sporting events, I wanted to bring this up because I thought, actually, the Masters are doing it right. And there's clearly a focus on the tournament of keeping fans happy because a bit like if we're talking about horse racing in a different way, you think about going to an event, regardless where you're coming from, whether you live next door to it or whether you've got to travel for 5,000 miles. Everything costs to go somewhere. Time, money, resources, the ticket to get in the ground or the concourse or whatever. And then when you're there, you're a captured market. Exactly. So the point is, it's not a ripoff. Now, the PGA Championship, which is a a golf um, tour out in America, $19 for a beer, $13 for wine at St. Andrew's Golf Course, which is up in... Scotland. Way! Ah! Um... Ramesh and Ranganathan. Oh, and um, oh, and, and what's his name? The blonde guy. Yeah, oh. what's his name? Rob. Roy? Rob Beckett. Rob Beckett. Rob Be- they went there. Yes, they did. Yes, exactly. Yes, they did. In their in their series. Yes. And um, so the St Andrews Fish and Chips is twelve pound fifty. Pizza's thirteen pounds. Like just these ridiculous prices. So the masters are doing it right. I hope I was going to ask you on that note. Where have you been where something was absolute value for money aside Aldi and Lidl? What event have you have you ever been to an event and you've gone, that is a bar gain? So the thing is, I can be quite frivolous with my money. <laughs> so sometimes I'll be like, well, I want it. So I don't so my, my parents are very different to me. My dad would be like, that's gone up in price. I'm not buying it. 
Whereas I'm like, well, I want it. So I'm still going to buy it. I remember, this is not the answer to your question. It's the actual opposite. But I went to a boxing show. And then after the boxing show, we went to the kind of after party, which was at a Hilton. Yeah. I ordered a glass of wine. Guess how much a glass of wine was in the Hilton? What size was it? Obviously, it's large as me. <laughs> Obviously, it's large. Obviously, it's large. I've got a long day. I need some wine. Um, seven, eight pounds. Twenty pound for oh, a glass of oh, wine. Oh my goodness! Twenty pound. I was like, you should have gone to lo- you should have gone to the local corner shop. Oh, do you know what my expenses oh. that I was given that day is only fifteen quid. So it wouldn't even cover my glass of wine, honestly. So yeah, in terms of value for oh. money, um, I am quite frivolous. I'll be like, well, I want it, so I'll get it. There are some people you see at the football, and they, you know, they've spent the whole day traveling or whatever. They get to the ground, they've bought four pints. It's like twenty five, you know. What was it, seven, call it seven pound a pint in, for London, in London. Right, yeah, call it 25 quid, 20, 25 quid for four pints. It's like so expensive. And again, you're right, Hope. Some people are frivolous with money, some people aren't. But for me, um, I just think that it's very expensive. But good on the masters for, for like, you know, I would say standing up and doing what's right for the people um, and actually lowering prices because it does make a big difference. And it certainly relieves, you know, when you queue up and you, you know, you get to the front and you're looking at the board and you're like, uh, George Rops, it says 900 pounds for a bottle of water. And then you have to pay to have, breathe as well. It's like, you know. <laughs> good joke. Hope, moving on to our last story of the day. Now, we're talking about money, 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 dollar, 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 dollar. We're talking about Sporting Billionaires 2020. That might just be the most embarrassing thing you've ever done. No, I don't have any freaking backing music. What am I supposed to do? I can't just, I can't just, I can't beatbox and do the... Uh, What you could have done is money, 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 money. I don't know that song. Money. Who sings that? I don't know, but it's not... That song, dollar, dollar... You know, the, I can't remember who raps. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> now, we're talking, Hope, about the 12 newcomers to the 2023 World Billionaires ranking in sport, of course. Um, and actually, Hope, this is quite interesting. I found some cool facts I quite liked. So I'm bringing you three. That's right. Three people that I, well, we do know about, one of which I didn't know about, um, that are now new billionaires into the world of sport. You said so cool facts. Is it going to be cooler than your rap that you've done at the beginning? Mm, here comes the money. Money, money. It goes dollar, dollar. Yeah. Look. Wasn't that far off. You didn't even know the frigging song. Well, who is sings yeah. it? Well, it's apparently, it's, apparently it's a, I, I believe it's Jim Johnston. It actually was involved in WWE. There you go. Fun fact. Um, now, interestingly, Hope, 94 of the 100 most watched broadcasts in the US were actually all sporting events. Talking of last week about sort of the world of sport growing and money being involved. So we're talking about three billionaires that have just come on. I wouldn't say come onto the scene. They're definitely well known. We're going to start with number one, Miss Amy Adams Strunk. Great name. Have you ever heard of her before? Is she the comedian? <laughs> no. Hey, we talk. <laughs> oh yes, the comedian, the sporting billionaire comedian. No, well, I don't know. Not. You asked me who, who I thought it was. Who answered you? Sorry, no, she's not. Who are you? Yeah, you should say sorry. Anyway, Amy Adams Strunk, which is a good name, is worth one point seven billion dollars. She actually owns the Tennessee Titans, who are an NFL team. Now, Tennessee hey, well, Titans, man. I'm not even gonna. You said mine was bad. Um, now, I also had a throat fart at the same time when I done that. I went. Don't you hate? Yeah. Don't you hate them? It's like a half burp. It's like. Yeah, it's terrible. And yeah. It and everyone can hear it. Also. I didn't hear it to be fair. So you kind of got. I used to get them at school. 
burpee hope. It's be so embarrassing. Every in year seven, I don't know if it was like anxiety induced, but I would get them so badly in like geography, and everyone would turn around and look at me, and I'd be like, "Really? <laughs> yeah." For well, I feel like we'd have had. I feel like we'd have had fun in school. It would have been class. Do you think? Yeah, I reckon. I reckon we'd have had a good. I reckon we'd have poked each other in lessons. Like it would have been. Bants. Well, I yeah. feel like we're like brother and sister at bants. We it? are exactly. It is. It is good fun. So. Yeah, so, anyway, away from throat farts and back to £1.7 billion. Pounds. Yeah, so she actually took control of the Tennessee Titans in 2015. Sadly, two years after the death of her father, who actually owned the Tennessee Titans. And, and her stake that was worth 50%, and it's a bit complicated to explain stakes and involved in investment in, in sports generally, but for football specifically, as in NFL, um, we'll just basically explain that she's now got 100% of the business. Now, quite impressive, really, Amy, because I didn't know a lot about her, and actually I've learned quite a lot. So... She actually made some key changes. So she took charge in 2015, like I said. Her team, before she was the um, leading shareholder, was a three-team... Sorry, won three games for that season is the easiest way. Sports and I used to break it down. They weren't very good. Since she has taken charge, Hope, they have posted six consecutive winning seasons. That's more wins than losses. Um, they've had playoff berths. So they've made the playoffs four out of five years. And actually, she's done a lot in terms of she's done a lot for their local charity work and stuff. like that. It's been amazing, really. And in spring 2018, this is quite cool as well. She collaborated with Nashville to secure the 2019 NFL draft uh, in downtown Nashville, which, of course, is Tennessee. Um, and actually, that is the most successful NFL draft in history because a record 600,000 fans were there to watch the draft unfold and take place. And, and she's involved. She's a businesswoman involved with their family's farming and ranch business. So. And it's very interesting. So she actually is one of multiple women. Yeah. Go, girl. Yeah, or Hope. Do you know what? It's cool because there aren't, at, truthfully, there aren't a lot of women that I could name that are involved in top football sporting organisations in this country. Aside, Delia Smith is the main one, owner of Norwich City, for those that don't know. Um, now in, is she? Yes, yeah, she is. Delia Smith. Um, after her... Chef. Yes, yeah, she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I couldn't. Yes, Delia Smith, because her dad owned the the dad. Her dad owned it and then passed it on to her. So Delia Smith owns. It. The only thing I don't like about this, and I like the fact that the, the fathers are, ca- are like giving it to their daughters, because t- traditionally mm. they wouldn't have probably done that. But it does take a little bit of a shine out of it that it's not just they've done it as a woman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they've they've inherited it, and yeah, they're making it great, and that's wonderful. And I'm not taken away from what Amy's done. But it does it does leave a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth. No, I, I understand her, but I, I do get that. But I think equally the fact there are so many women involved in own in the ownership of NFL teams is massive. And it certainly is I would argue it sets a really good standard of how balanced and you know we were talking we spoke in series five those, those that haven't listened, go back and listen. We were speaking about equality in sports, specifically football, and we had that Premier League list come out of equality in different clubs. And this in especially from a sporting perspective as a whole, I think the NFL have done a great job really with involving both men and women in leadership but you're right there is that element a bit like a lot of people say that when your parents are famous so you're, you're someone's got loads of money and you just inherit it it's like ah oh. but yeah the money money goes to money doesn't it but i mean at least maybe if she has her own children whether i don't know if she, she does yes yeah, yeah she does so she, at least if they inherit it from her it will be that that was my mom Exactly. So that's number one. Now, number two, Hope, we're talking about someone that's going to be involved in the Masters as well. Mr. Tiger. Woods. Naughty Nelly. Why is he naughty? Because he cheated on his wife. 
Anyway, I hope he's worth $1.1 billion. And, and he actually turned down, interestingly, he turned down nine figures, which would have been at least $100 million, if not more, um, to join the Saudi-backed LIV Golf Tour, which we've never covered on this podcast, actually, purely because the politics are very, very complicated and it's a very messy history within golf. But in essence, Tiger Woods is not taking money. He wants to play for pride rather than cash. So he's ranked now one7 <laughs> That would mean something if you had no money. <laughs> like, if you've yeah. got like one point, how much was it? One point. It's got $1.1 billion. Right. $1.1 billion. And then you're turning down something because you're like, no, my pride is more important than the money. Like you've got one point, we got $1.10 billion anyway. Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a lot, a lot of cash. It's one, it's $1 billion, $100 million, which is a lot of money. Yeah. Now- so no, don't like, no, he doesn't get credit for his pride there. Okay, fine. But either way, he's currently preparing for the Masters. Um, 16-time champion, of course, absolute goat of golf. Now, he's actually admitted prior to the tournament his mobility is not really where it should be. But we'll have to wait and see how he gets on because effectively, he, in 2019 with the Masters, that was just before we started recording, which is a shame, but he made the comeback. You know, we spoke hope about his injury when he had that... Um, car crash. Yes, car crash. And he's made a huge recovery since then. So again, we'll have to wait and see how he gets on. But amazing that he's really back in the game and competing. How old is he now? He must be getting on. 43, actually. Oh, he must be younger than I thought he was. If no. he's feeling a bit stiff, maybe he needs some cod liver oil. He's 47. So I wasn't far off. He's 47. Well, I thought he was in his 60s, so that's better than what I thought. <laughs> no. So you go. That's number two. So uh, there are, by the way, to say as well, there were 12 people that made the list of the billionaires. I'm just naming three for, for purposes. He's just naming his faves. Exactly. Well, Toto Wolf was on there. He owns Mercedes. He's a good lad. Um, but we're ending it with number three. We're talking about LeBron James, who's worth $1 billion. Is that what he says? Have you not? Please tell me you've seen that meme. No. Wow, we are from different generations. That's You haven't seen the kid that goes, LeBron James? You haven't seen that meme? I have not seen that meme. Okay, I'll have to insert it and give context. I'm going to play it for you now so you, you then know this. Me- See, I'm I gonna... bring you, I tell you, you, you must, after these episodes, you must think, wow, the stuff that Lewis comes up with is just You so educate weird. me in a whole heap of ways. <laughs> I do Wait. feel like you're Gen Z, aren't you? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm gonna... meant to be, but I feel like I, I've escaped it. This kid. You've never seen that video? Never seen that in my life. Okay, so every time LeBron James, like for fun now, people say LeBron James. Like, do you remember in school, you might have had this potentially. When people used to shoot pieces of paper, everyone would shout, Kobe, that, that's in the next. No one done that either. You didn't know that? Okay. So LeBron broke the all-time scoring record in the NBA, which I know we discussed in February. Now, he's expected to make $124.5 million on and off the court this season uh, with endorsements from people like Nike, Pepsi, AT&T. Now, I wanted to say, Hope, LeBron's a good, like, interesting guy because so we've spoken about different elements. We've spoken about, really, a pioneer, I would argue, in NFL women's ownership. We've spoken about Tiger Woods, one of the goats in golf, and one of the goats, LeBron James, in basketball. Now, LeBron is set, setting his sights, really, but past just basketball. And, and he's taken his earnings and he's invested in real estate, food, fitness. He actually has a stake in which football club? Is it an English football club? Yes. Chelsea? No, I hope it's Liverpool. He's a 2% Oh, that's what my next guess was. Liverpool. Why don't you let me have another guess? Because well, you got it wrong. You don't yeah, get... but you meant to have two guesses. LeBron James has a 2% stake in Liverpool. I had that for a few years, actually, because he's involved with our owners, who also own the 
Boston Red Sox. I was going to say the Red Bo- Rest Reds. I, don't, I was thinking I was red, like going Roston Bed Sox, and I was thinking, well, uh, Boston Red Sox. And I don't recommend wearing socks in bed. Some people have to. Some people get cold feet. Like it's, uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's, I, I don't. It's weird. Your, your heat really does come out of your head and your feet. Because if you take your hat off, you cool down quick. If you put socks on, you warm up quick. I know what I'm trying to say. I'm sounding like a dumbass. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. Interestingly <laughs> enough, I've always found that like someone like me with big hair. Don't get me wrong. Those <laughs> I hats- said big feet. No, I always find those hats that people wear like in tennis, the silly ones where they've got the open top and you can see the hair that comes through in the cap. I think that's I think that's stupid. But on the one hand, when it's like 35 degrees and I'm wearing my hat to not get sunburned and my head, my head's boiling, it'd be quite helpful to have some like breathing room in the, you know, you know but anyway. But then you'd get sunburnt scalp. No, I've got hair. I've got thick hair though. Doesn't bolt. Yeah, but well, it can, the sun can penetrate. Just, just melt through and get your burnt. A burnt head is very, very good. Anyway, burn's not nice. So LeBron obviously has investments off the court. So potentially when he retires, whenever that will be, we'll have to wait and see. Could be this season. Could be tomorrow. Could be in five years. No one really knows with LeBron. Could be ages. But the point is, lots of people that are involved in the world of sports now are taking their interests far and wide, past beyond the court field pitch that they're playing on or running on or swimming cycling whatever the context is for lebron it's obviously basketballing and so there you go hope that really wraps up episode number three of the sports Zombies podcast we've gone all the way from ethics episode two. Oh, i'm sorry episode two we've gone all the way from ethics all the way over to burning your head um <laughs> with the sun i do think that if you do come into money investing in property business and a passion project the ways to go you've heard it here from crypto hope Before we say goodbye, I wanted to get your opinion on um, Anthony Joshua's performance the other day against Jermaine Franklin Jr. It was it was all right. Like I wasn't wasn't thrilled really, like a lot of fights, but it was okay. Um, that would be my answer. What would yours be? He didn't look like he wanted to be there. In his eyes. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I really like Jermaine Franklin Jr. as well. Yeah, he seems like a really good guy. Like, a, an amazing story. Amazing story. Yeah, and he's like, not my pal, but like we've DM'd a few times and stuff, and he's he's a sweet man. Um, so I kind of had a bit of a... I did have my fingers crossed Jermaine was going to win. I'm not going to lie. Well, this is my... Uh, in fact, I'm going to give an opinion, actually throwing it in the opposite way to what jo- Anthony Joshua said, AJ said. He said, people are getting bored of 12-round fights. The answer is yes. Knock someone out. I'm bought like you know, again. I'm not. I'm not saying that points, of course, means means a lot, obviously. But it just reminds me of that. It, like again, I'm by no means am I comparing them, but just like sitting through round after round after round. It's like I just want a knockout. For me, in my head, the way that this should go, and this this would be my verdict after twelve rounds. Right, the rule should be that you know in the <laughs> and again, this is all hypothetical. I'm not saying this would work. You know, you get those weird slap competitions where people slap each other and get knocked out. I think they should do it where it becomes one like one punches and you get one punch and whoever falls down first, not knocked. Well, like- Penalties. Yeah, but the but the first person who falls down, not not knocked out. I don't. They have to be clean out on the floor, like gone. But the first person that get, falls down, it's done. That's the winner gone there, and that'll be it. Just like it just makes it a bit more fun. A penalty shootout in yeah, boxing. Make it a bit more interesting, you know, because twelve. You sit through twelve rounds, and you paid all that money or whatever. Even if you're watching on the zone, you've paid money to watch, um, and there's no winner. There is obviously a winner actually on points, but I mean physically. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to judge him. You get in the ring, you're risking your life. Like, you're putting it all on the line. You could literally die in there. I just would like him to... I would like him to kind of maybe find his purpose. 
within it and I'd like him to look like he wants to be there and enjoys being there again. So Anthony, if you need any personal I'm so kind. Anthony, Anthony, if you need any personal chatting, Hope is here to help you, to console you, to guide you. No, I don't I don't mix work with pleasure, thank you. <laughs> You'll have to crack on with Laura Woods. Oh yeah, oh well blimey, yeah. Enough of that. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really do appreciate your time. For anyone that's enjoyed it, please do email us at sportsanomiespodcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought of the episode, anything that we missed that we should have covered. and Leave us a like on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube, click link. And if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it, give us a five-star review because we'd really appreciate it. Love you lots, Lewis. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.